0: You are now tuned in to the Prescription for Purpose podcast, the number one podcast for Christian women to learn how to apply God's principles to fulfill your God-ordained purpose. Every episode will empower you with the tools and wisdom necessary so you can strategically execute and excel in every area of your life. This is the place for you to learn how to walk in purpose, to walk with purpose, and to fulfill God's purpose. Hey sis, have you downloaded the Prescription for Purpose mobile app? It is the number one resource for women of faith who are looking to build their faith and walk in purpose. This is not your ordinary app. There are so many great features from Bible studies to devotionals, practical resources, study tools, and flashcards for every verse in the Bible so you can truly study God's word. You can even get your own devotionals, prayers, and Bible studies featured right on the app to share with everyone in the community. My favorite part of the app is the community. There are so many women who are a part of this app that are truly just in love with God and we want to build a life that is pleasing to him. So if you are looking to partner with us to pursue your purpose, head over to the Apple App Store or to the Google Play App Store and download the Prescription for Purpose app today for free. That's R-X for Purpose. Hey, happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Prescription for Purpose podcast. We are wrapping up. Our interview with our good sis, Raven Hoquette, as we have been talking about all things finances and living supernaturally paid. If you have enjoyed this series, girl, let us know, make sure that you rate and review the podcast. Let us know what you learned, slide in my DMs, do all of the things. I really want to hear back from you in regards to how this shifted your money mindset. I have been blessed just re-listening to this conversation. And I'm just so grateful that I've been surrounded with a community of women where we can talk about all of the things that are important to our lives as believers and to do so authentically and to do so that in a way that honors God's word and stands on his principle. So without further ado, here is part two of our interview on how to live supernaturally paid with our good sis Raven Hoquette. So he literally had to check, sit down and say like, God, I thank you for this, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what do you want me to do with this money? Mm. And he had a he had a closing last year. And he got this money and he prayed. And I was like, well, what did I say? He was like, he just told me to hold on to it. Mm. Literally the next week, our air conditioner went out. Mm. And we were able to get a whole new AC units. We live in Florida. So we have two AC units. AC units completely redone. And it did not negatively impact our savings or anything else. Mm. God just was like,
1: Hold still. Mm. Because he always knows what's around the corner. And that's yeah. what we need to understand. Like, you don't need to be worried about tomorrow when you serve a God that already knows every single thing down to the minute, down to the dollar that's going to happen tomorrow. Like, you don't need to be concerned about that. I yeah. will never forget when God told me to get my very first apartment. Um, this was 2012, so over 10 years ago. And This was at a time that I felt like I'm good in my mother's house. I'm cool. Like, it ain't like overwhelming. Like, it ain't one of these houses where it's like you you have a curfew, even though, you know, you're in your 20s. Like, I felt like I was good. But God has specifically told me in like 2011, this was Christmas time. He said, this time next year, you're not going to be living here. And when my mother asked me what I wanted for Christmas, I was like pots and pans. And she was like, girl, I got pots. What you trying to say? And I'm like, I ain't going to be living here this time next year. So I need pots and pans. So she bought me some pots and pans for Christmas. And I remember as the next year was, you know, going through the motions when it was about June, I'm looking at my money like hmm, it ain't given apartment. It ain't given, you know, it's move out time. It's definitely not given. So I asked one of my friends to move in with me. Like, could we be roommates? Because, you know, we can split the expenses. So she ends up moving in with her twin sister. Okay, how can I be mad at that? That's your sister and that's your twin sister. Whatever. So then I asked my other friend, like, hey, you know, let's, you know, try to get a place together. We start going, looking at places, found this one apartment that we really, really loved. We were about to make a move on it. And her boyfriend asked her to move in with him. I definitely can't compete with no pillow talk, okay? Come so on. now I'm on this island all on my own. So God said, I said, you get an apartment. I didn't say somebody else. I didn't say get a roommate. So I'm just like, but God, I don't have this money. Mind you, at this time in 2012, I had been less than a year self-employed. So I was enjoying my business. I was enjoying life, but it definitely was not profitable at all, you know, at that time. So I remember when he sent me to the apartment complex, um, it was actually the apartment that I looked or looked at with my friend that ended up moving in with her boyfriend. They lived in one building and I lived in another building. So um, I went to the apartment complex to apply. And I remember I was so like without money at that time that I I could not even afford the application fee. I think it was like a $35 application fee. My account was overdrawn at the time. I had to call my mother and say, hey, can I use your card to pay this application? So you look crazy as I don't know what going to apply for an apartment and you don't even have the application fee. Come on. Like you, you look insane. So I go and I apply. And I remember at the time, because I wasn't making a lot of money, I didn't even have the best credit because my bills had got behind from not really making a lot of money in my business. So now this is impacting my credit score. So I submit the application. I'm inside of the leasing office. They had like this extra like room in there So I go inside of there, and I'm just praying, like, God, if you make this work out, like, I'm trusting that you're going to provide. I'm trusting that whenever, you know, the rent is due, I'm not going to miss a beat. Everything is going to be fine. Like, I'm trusting that this is going to be good. So the lady comes back in the room and says, oh, you're approved. She's like, your move-in date is October 1st. Mind you, this is, like, July the 19th. So at the time, it felt like, okay, I got time. I got more than two months. You know, everything is good. So... I didn't sign the dotted line. I have to move into this apartment. I have to have, you know, my security deposit and all of that stuff. Like when it's time to move in, I'm making plans. I'm calling movers. I didn't took out um, another credit card to get financing on furniture because I don't want to live in like no empty, you know, apartment. So I literally have furniture scheduled to be delivered. I have movers like scheduled to come. It is September 25th and I still don't have the money. And I mean, don't have it like not even close, like mm. do not have the money, like don't know. But ain't worried about a thing. <laughs> ain't worried about nothing. That's a piece that surpasses Asking people as you come into the house warming. what's going to like, I'm knowing that God said that this thing is going to work. It was like September 27th. Still don't have the money now. And you know, it's only 30 days in September. So you better hurry up and get this money, sis, because you got one less day to get it before you got to move up in here. It must have been like September 29th. And when I tell you God came through with so much money that I could have paid my rent three months in advance if I wanted to, everything was covered. Everything was paid for. Everything, like, I mean, literally completely made a way for me out of no way, and I remember mm. when I first got in there, and this was again my very first apartment, so I don't even know how to handle this. You know, at the time, I'm like believing God, but ain't really save save. So I don't know about the anointing oil, and you know, I wasn't hit to all of that. But I go in there and I'm like just praying over this apartment, like God, I'm praying that this it's no interruptions here. My lights are never cut off. My my utilities are never cut off. Like everything is fine. Everything can work for me, and. It was fine. Never evicted, never late on my rent, never any type of like literally God carried me through. And that was a huge example of me trusting God because people see you in the apartment, but they don't see you applying for the apartment when you don't have no money in your account. They don't Mm -hmm. see you stepping out on faith and signing a lease that you don't know how you're going to pay for. See, I feel like God provides for me in a certain way because I'm not scared to sign the lease. I'm not scared to sign the contract. I'm not scared to sign off on the mortgage papers. I'm not scared to sign off on the refinancing. Like, I'm always trusting him that if you have presented this opportunity for me, that you are going to make a way, that you are going to provide for me. And I think sometimes we get caught up in like, well, God don't need no help and God don't. And yeah, God does not need help. But if he told you to have a conference at a certain venue, he does need you to sign the paperwork. Yeah. To book the venue. If yeah. God told you that you're supposed to get this car, he does need you to go to the dealership. You're not just going to walk outside and a dealership. I mean, God does miracles. So maybe he might work, you know, with you that way. But I did not just walk outside and it was a certain car just sitting out there and a random stranger said, God told me to give this to you. You know, yeah. it didn't work like that. So we have to have respect for the things that God needs us to do on our part. Yeah. If you want to be supernaturally paid,
0: yeah, and it's a partnership, right? Like mm-hmm. if That's I true. say that all the time because I went, I went to school with um, I worked used to work with this lady, and she was like very, very saved, but was like of no earthly like wisdom. Like mm-hmm. you just know all the scriptures, but girl, what? And so uh she was like, I believe in God to like increase my education. And I'm like, Well, did you apply? to nursing school like did you apply and she was like no I wouldn't know that but if he already told you that this was what he was going to do Hello? he's not going to do the application for you right it's faith without works is dead so he can give you the the mm-hmm. instruction but if you're not obedient to the instruction and you don't execute and follow through girl and then would will be out here oh, god you said he was going to do this for me well you have to follow the instructions like Hello? he's, I can't, God told me to, to become a nurse. I did, but he was not going to, I wasn't gonna wake up and be like, oh man, I got a nursing license now. Like you have to go to school, you have to do this stuff. You have to mm-hmm. go through the process. And a lot of times people like the promise, but we don't put no respect on the process. Mm-hmm. We want to forego that part. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times what I find is that in the process, God will reveal bits and pieces of the purpose. So mm-hmm. even in the story that you just shared, It's like, I understand why now you have a whole ministry called Supernaturally Paid because God has been demonstrating and walking you through this so you can use your testimony Mm -hmm. to help other people overcome the barriers to living financially free in
1: Christ. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. And I think that it's amazing (laughs) when we see so many people that we know are Christians and they're Christians, but they're low key kind of not believers. It's like, how can you say that you're a Christian and you're studying, you know, the word of God? But when God says, I'll provide for you, you won't make certain moves with your money because you don't believe that God will really give you that provision. You know, we have to keep in mind that it is an act. And like you said, that scripture in the book of James, that faith without the works is dead. You know, I don't just say, God, I'm believing you to do this. And then I'm sitting still. No, what, what you need me to do? Yeah. And and yes, it has been times where God is like sit still chill out and he'll just do it. Like but with that's that the funding. Right, exactly. Like with that funding, he led me to just forget like just sit still just mind your bit like I didn't follow up and email nobody. It was just like sit still. I don't need you to do nothing. But other things it's been like okay, I need you to do this. I need you to contact this person. I need you to go here. Like it's been things that made me extremely uncomfortable, but I still did it. Yes.
0: Yes. There's no way that we can walk this walk and remain in a relationship with comfortability. hmm. Right. Like there's no way that I can follow Christ and also be comfortable. I can have peace, but mm-hmm. peace and being having peace and being comfortable and complacent are two different things. Completely different. Yep. And so we have to really have the appropriate mindset about what it means to be a christ follower because like you said people believe but that don't make them a disciple and a follower and a believer of christ like they mm-hmm. they know of christ we claimed the title of christian but we're not walking and following in his word and in his footsteps mm-hmm. because jesus jesus had them the disciples out here was out here doing stuff okay <laughs> okay when i always love i love bible stories and as you were talking it, it reminded me of the story of the two fish and the five loaves mm-hmm. right like if God, God is going to provide and he's going to multiply anything we put in his hand. Yep. So he took two fish and five loaves and fed thousands upon Many thousands people. of people. <laughs> there was so much that people had leftovers. They was taken mm. to go boxes. an like- example of making a way out of no way. And I, I love, i struggled. We had just bought our house mm-hmm. and God had told me to to quit my little funny money job where I was teaching nursing students. It was like easy money. I, I enjoyed it and it was easy money. But he told me he wanted me to go back to school to get my doctorate. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you're going to have to quit your part-time job. Ooh. And I was like, but it's my, it's easy money. Made no sense. <laughs> I'm like, I would just moved into this house. Like, it's easy money. Like, mm-hmm. come on, Lord. Like, you He's, sure? Yes. And that man. I got to quit today. He <laughs> said unto me. Mm. Either you can be Jehovah Jireh or I can. Ooh, and I was like, "To whom it may concern." I actually <laughs> 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 go. Okay, <laughs> I regretfully inform you that I got to go because he has said it. <laughs> okay, because
1: maybe I ain't about to do this work. Uh, uh-uh. I
0: love it. I love it, and even the way that we got the house, right? It um. was easy for me to be able to do that. God had told me that we were going to buy a house. And Mm -hmm. so he gave me very specific parameters. He was like, don't spend more than this amount of money. The Mm -hmm. bank is going to approve you for double that. Do not spend that. You Mm -hmm. only spend this amount of money. Mm. and I had told God what I was looking for in a home. Like, these are the desires of my heart. We live out of state, so I wanted space for my family to be able to come. Mm -hmm. I wanted a pool. I wanted a house that, like, I could see us bringing our first kid home to. Like, I wanted, Mm -hmm. not like dream, like everything I ever wanted, but there were some things that Mm -hmm. I was like, God, this is what I'm believing you for. And of course, my husband was my realtor, so we go see house after house after house after house, and at the time, the way that they claimed that the market was we were not finding what I was looking for and what I knew God said I could have without mm. compromise. And I was like, I'm not willing to compromise. And so then we ended up going to go see this house that was like closer to the to that the closer to what we got approved for, but it was a foreclosure. So I was like, okay, here's what God is about to do. He about to have me get this house for a crazy amount of money. Mm. And so I wrote the, um, we wrote an offer to the the bank. The bank was in Texas too. And we wrote the offer to the bank and they were like, nah. And I was like, oh, what happened? <laughs> like, God, what why happened? But then my resolve was, I said, you know what, God, I feel like this house hunt is becoming an idol. And mm-hmm. no matter what happens, anywhere that I have, what matters most to me which is my family my faith is home mm-hmm. so if you say that we're going to rent for another year like whatever i don't even care i'm just going to chunk it up to that
1: mm-hmm. literally
0: on july 4th my husband's like yo i think i found a house mm-hmm. and i would already told him that i had fired him as my realtor because god was <laughs> i was making a mad out of this but I didn't bring it to no more properties <laughs> Okay, this is not like house hunters. You go to house after house after right, house. Right. And you
1: just pick one, one of the
0: <laughs> you don't just do one through three ding dong and show up. My right. friend was on house hunters and told me that um the house they already know what house they're gonna pick because they're already under contract when they go to film.
1: Right. I heard that too. Yep. But, like you not you can't even get on there unless you're under contract. Yes,
0: right. black.
1: Anyway, um
0: I prayed and I said, okay, God, like, can we go see this house? Nobody is going out looking at homes on the 4th of July nobody it's just not what people do but we did so we type the address in it's five minutes from our rental house we've lived here in the in the city for like a year and a half and we did not know that there is a whole subdivision right hmm. around the corner so we go to the drive. like we are on our way to the house and then we can't find it because the driveway is so long, you cannot see this house off the street. Wow. So the minute we pull up, immediately in my spirit, I mm. said, This is it. Mm. We go in because I told God, we were the house that was like double the price. It was in the gated community. I wanted safety and security. I wanted to have a place where I felt like I could let my kids go out front and not be fearful of their life, right. not that I'm going to leave my kids unattended, but just like, just in a space where I know they can go out front and somebody would really have to do some work if right. they, them, they was going to try to come up and pull up on me and my kids, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there were just these things that I wanted. And the fact that it's the only house in the neighborhood like this, that mm. sits all, I mean, you can legitimately fit 10 cars on this driveway. Wow. And so then we walk in and it's beautiful. It needed work, but it was beautiful.
1: Mm. And
0: come to find out, they were in pre-foreclosure. They had to be under contract by the end of the week.
1: The daughter, the
0: 18-year-old daughter was there all by herself. And she spilled all the tea. She told us everything.
1: Wow, what a blessing. Like,
0: and then we got the house. Mm. And not only did we get the house, but because my husband is a realtor and the way God worked it out. They had originally had the house on the market for almost $500,000 and we got it for oh. under four. Wow. And then they had to pay us to buy the house because my husband got commission. Mm. They gave us money. They gave like seller concessions. It was just like never in my wildest dreams what I had thought it to wow. now be in a position where the market here in Tampa is outrageous, oh, and we're yeah. sitting on like six figures worth of equity.
1: Oh, I'm sure,
0: and it makes sense because God said, "Don't run up, don't run up the bill," mm. because there was equity attached to
1: it. So good,
0: and I'm like, "This is wild!" <laughs> like this oh, is every time God. I think until so then when he told me to quit the job, I was like. I mean, look. After what you just pulled with the whole <laughs> okay, <laughs> who am I? What do you need me quit? What I gotta who am I? do? <laughs> who am I? And I love that you talk about how it requires our interaction. That's the beauty of being in a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. is that we get the ability to play a role in the miracle. We don't manifest it because mm-hmm. that's witchcraft. But we get to play a role in it, and then we get to sit back and watch God do the part that was impossible. Yep. Had my husband not still been looking at houses, had we never seen it, had we never written the contract, then we wouldn't have had the house. Yep. But mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we were obedient, Hey sis, I want to tell you about our new prescription for purpose quiz. This quiz takes less than three minutes to complete. And when you finish, you will receive your official purpose prescription. Your prescription will include information about your diagnoses, and then you get free courses to help you take the necessary steps to start walking in purpose. The quiz is customized to help you in your current season. Do not spend another day without the clarity and instruction that That you need. Go right now to the link in the show notes. Take the quiz and get your official purpose prescription today. Now let's get back to the show. It was beautiful. And we closed on my husband's birthday. Like, what an amazing gift.
1: God said I got this whole plan worked out. And then
0: the move, it was five minutes around the corner. I was like, we are not, but we are not getting movers. We will be putting all these things in our cars. Right.
1: Taking your time with it. And (laughs) just driving around the corner. Right. House was hiding in plain sight the whole time. Yes, I was like, this is neighborhood will do. back here. <laughs> that is how God will do, and I love it's, it.
0: it. It's a whole neighborhood. One thing that I've noticed is that we there's a, a level of what we feel is risk as humans mm-hmm. that we take when we talk about living supernaturally paid. Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit about what the poverty mindset is and then how you've seen that impact the people that you've worked with in the life of believers when it comes to living supernaturally paid?
1: I think that what we don't say, because we talk a lot about the spirit of poverty, but we kind of just write it off as like, oh, spirit of poverty, like, oh, okay. But we don't understand that when you invite the spirit of poverty in, that spirit brings its cousins, which is worry, stress.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Anxiety, scarcity all these things like you don't understand you're stressed about money and it ain't about this bill it is about the spirit of poverty you think that that hospital bill has you stressed out it is about the spirit of poverty that's really the root and the foundation of it and I think yeah. that for us especially as entrepreneurs, um, and not even just entrepreneurs, but as adults, you know, adults, whether you're in the workforce, or whether you're an entrepreneur, it kind of really turns into a scarcity mindset for most of us, where Mm -hmm. we won't make certain moves financially, because we're afraid of what could happen next, you know, we're afraid of how this is going to go. Um, It's just, it's crazy to me, because at some point, you got to get fed up. What, what you want to do? It's like, why do you want to keep living like this? And I know for me, I got tired. Because when it was just me, when I was acting like I was Jehovah Jireh, I was making money, but it it would always run out. It would mm-hmm. always seem like it wasn't enough. It would always seem like, dang, well, I could have still had this if I didn't do this. It was always a mess. Like, really, yeah. to just say it flat out. It was always a mess. Yeah. And when I invited God in... It changed my everything. It's like I'm I'm not operating in scarcity anymore because I know that I serve a God that can provide for me abundantly. You know, I'm not operating in fear anymore because God already told me that I don't need to have any fear. Like Mm -hmm. all these things basically were able to come into play for me because I said, no, I'm cutting this off at the root. It's no more stressing out about money. And I think people, we have to understand how costly it is to stress about money. Yeah. Stressing about money caused me to have a high risk pregnancy. This is a real testimony. Because it caused me to have a high risk pregnancy, this is more doctors bills cuz now I have to go to the doctors more. Yeah. You know, I ended up um by the grace of God like, you know, of course my child got here safely, he got here healthy and all of that stuff, but um the complication that I had in my pregnancy led me to another uh complication which impacted him he had well you're you're a doctor so you know like all yes. means. I'm about to say I hope I'm not getting too medical for y'all but clearly like medical is on the line okay okay um, but he ended up deal having to deal with Iger which yeah. you know he had the girl like literally yeah. four pounds yeah and, uh, nine ounces yeah. when yeah. I hit him and you know sometimes when he first was born I would look at him and of course I was in joy but I would just cry with so much emotion because yeah. how differently could my pregnancy have gone had I not been stressed? And don't get me wrong, like, you know, again, still healthy, no problems, nothing. Yeah. I mean, just a little if small. you look at him today, I mean, he's still pretty like on a yeah. smaller side, but also he has small parents. So it's not like, you know, you wouldn't look at him and be like, dang, how big was he, you know, when you had him or anything like that? Yeah. But I felt bad because my stress literally impacted my child. Yes. And I was stressed about finances. I wasn't stressed because, oh, this is going on and this is, no, I was literally stressed because God told me to shut down this coaching business. And because I was so used to being fake being Jehovah Jireh, catch that fake, fake being Jehovah Jireh, I mm-hmm. needed to be delivered from that and really believe that God would provide for me. And so it caused me a great deal of stress because it was like a fish out of water, like oh my goodness, I'm so uncomfortable and I'm trying to manage my emotions you know, while being pregnant. So, I mean, it was hard, but I think that if you could see how you're operating in scarcity is going to impact your children because then they'll operate like that. If you could see how your money stress and anxiety is going to cause them to operate, like I said, I got to cut this off. I have to cut this off. I cannot... Pass this down to my kids because when you're around, you don't even got to be a parent to see this. When yeah. you're around kids, you know for a fact that when kids come into this world, they do not think practically, basically, everything is off of faith. That's why we call it childlike faith. Yes, and my son says he woke me up this morning, mind you, when he had no more of his favorite muffins. Y'all know them little bites that they all like, didn't have no more. They're delicious. He wakes <laughs> me up, Mom, I need muffins, Mama. I. He did not one time say, do you and daddy have money to get muffins? Can y'all, on. For it? baby, he don't care nothing about what's in that bank account. When he asked to go to Chuck E. Cheese, all these different places, when he said, I want to see my cousins that live in another state, he's never concerned about what's in the bank account. He's yes. never asking, do you have it? Every single time he's believing in faith that his parents have it. Yes. Why am I not looking at God With that same level one, why am I going and checking my bank account? And I literally told my Increase 365 group about this today. I said, stop checking your account balance. Why are you pulling up at the Chick-fil-A questioning whether you got $9 to pay this meal? Like, let's be for real. At this, like, you think that God would have you get in his line and embarrass you? Because baby, if you get in this line and that card declines, I guarantee you somebody's going to pay it forward. And something something is going to happen. You have to believe that God is always able to make a way. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's life changing because it forces you to kind of get in situations that you just like. Like last week at this time, I didn't even know that that capital was coming. Yeah. Now here we are a week later and I get to go to God excited like, dang, what I got to do. But it was the faith that hit that submit button. It yeah. was the faith that said, you know what? I don't care if y'all denied me before. My God is in the approvals business. He can do it. My God is in the protocol breaking business. And it doesn't matter what y'all saying y'all want my my business credit paydex score to be. It doesn't matter what y'all saying y'all want my personal credit score to be. It doesn't matter what y'all saying y'all want my monthly transactions. None of that. The rules don't apply to me. Period. And when you're supernaturally paid, you kind of start to adapt this confidence that, Dang, them rules really don't apply. Like they yeah. really don't apply to me, though. And yeah. so that's how I operate. I never, yes. I never consider could things get scarce because I serve a God of abundance. Yeah. If stuff did get funny, He's still gonna make a way. Yeah. And yep. and I I know that because I'm a walking testimony. Like this testimony is years in the making. Like yeah. I need people to understand. Like supernaturally paid might be new to y'all as of like 2022. But this is a testimony that is years and years and years in the making. Like, I remember growing up in the hood and in dreams. And I'm talking about as a four, five-year-old child, seeing visions of me living in the house that me and my family live in now. And if y'all have not heard my story, y'all know that it's even a testimony behind that with how many days we lived in a hotel. So many people thought that we were crazy, crazy. Why are y'all living in a hotel and y'all could just go get an apartment? Y'all could just go and get a townhouse? No, but God said, Mm -hmm. like, this is what God told us to do. Whether it makes sense to y'all or not, this is what God told us to do. And we got to be obedient. And now we're seeing a harvest from it.
0: Come on. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love that you talked about not only can God do it, but I think a lot of us struggle with, believing that God will do it for us. It's very easy for me to to encourage somebody else to say, oh girl, God is gonna do it for you and wholeheartedly believe it. But when it comes to our personal relationship with him and him doing it for us, we don't take our financial situations to God because we feel like we're being a burden or we don't trust that he loves us enough to actually do it. And Mm -hmm. so then it keeps us in this position where we are struggling and scared, but not going to the only source of our, our help. Mm hmm. And it's so, so crazy that we give the enemy the ability to do that, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, one thing that God has really been showing me is that a lot of the strife that we go through is our flesh. It's not even the enemy. We give yep. the enemy too much credit because the word says that he's already been defeated. Now hes we're still in war. So he's going to exploit anything that he can. Uh-huh. He's, and so it's really more so about us working with the Holy Spirit to mitigate the struggles of our flesh. So that way we can experience what God is telling us is available to us. So that was so, so good. Now, this has been amazing. I have kind of like a two-part question for you Mm -hmm. to wrap it up. For the person who's struggling financially or the person who is like the mom, the wife, and we have multiple roles to fill, Mm -hmm. what practical steps would you give each one of those people in terms of Starting to change their financial situation for the person who's struggling and for the the women who have multi-titles and serve in multi-roles, how do we live well without becoming a slave to money? Mm-hmm.
1: So I'ma first speak to the person that is in a struggling financial situation. Um, because it's I'm gonna be honest. It's hard when you feel like you are in a rut that you just cannot get out of. Like, Mm -hmm. it is hard. One of the first things that I had to do when I felt like I was just in a financial situation that was not going to change or didn't seem like it was giving was start to turn up praise and worship music so loud, like so loud, like literally serving all of hell notice. Stop playing with me. Stop coming in this house and trying to get up in my thoughts. Stop. You know, because the thing about good praise and worship music is uplifting. So, you know, that's something that when you feel like you're in a rut that you just can't get out of, like uplift yourself first. Like turn on that praise and worship music that's telling you everything is going to be OK. And then open up your Bible because it's going to back it up. It's going to back it up when you go into James 1 and you learn that it says the trials produces endurance you know, for us. It's it's important. Like you think that that season that you're going through is pointless and why has thou forsaken me and all these things that we like to say, but you don't know that you're going to need that. You know, when you get to that next season, you're going to be grateful for the lessons of your last season. You're going to be grateful for every single thing that you were taken through. So I think that you have to first um, understand those things. And then also like ask God for the strategy because sometimes we're in financial situations that we don't have to be in. It's just that the strategy that God has given us, it doesn't make sense to us. So we let that fear come in like, well, dang, my finance is already weird, but you're telling me to leave my job or this is going on and you're telling me to do this. Like, Ask God for the strategy and actually obey, actually listen, actually say like, I'm really going to try something different this time and see what can happen when I really let you basically show me your hand. Like that's extremely important. And then for the person that has multiple roles, the one that's the the wife, the mama, the the employee, the entrepreneur, whatever you are, you're all these different things. Like what I want you to do is flip the script. That's what I had to do when I had my son because I didn't even realize when I had him, the spirit of poverty tried to creep back in through like scarcity that was disguised as trying to basically make sure that he had provision. It had like it was almost like with my husband, it had the opposite effect. It was like he became more risky because we had a child. It became like, I got to do this. I got my kid. I got this. Like, I have to do this. But for me, it was like, uh, like, you know, can't be getting evicted with a child. Like just it was like a scarcity type of thing. And then I thought to myself, how would my son feel if he grew up and knew that I didn't risk it all for him, that I didn't trust God for him, that I didn't do and be obedient to everything that God told me to do so that he could live a better life? Because this is the thing. My son is reaping the harvest of the fearlessness that his father and me have displayed because of our fearlessness. You can't call my son, your little broke best friend because he just might have more money than you and in his investment. Come on. It's like, you cannot, you know, see my son going through certain experiences that we experienced growing up because we have broken the cycle. And yes, when you are the ones that God has called has chosen to break this generational poverty, generational mediocrity, and all these things that's been on your bloodline for years, you will get attacked. You will go through things. It will be stuff that bothers you. It will be times that you just like, dang, God, why have you called me? But you have to fight. You have to fight with the weapon, which is the word of God. You have to fight back with doing things, making them a part of your lifestyle, like praying and fasting, like you cannot just be out here only fasting because your church is having a fast. And not, it's nothing wrong with doing a fast with the church. But some of y'all, if the pastor didn't say we was fasting, y'all ain't fasting. Fasting is a lifestyle for me. I do not play. I need to hear what God is saying. I need to let him know that I'm humbling myself before him. And also, I want to be clear and let y'all know that I'm not just fasting like, let me fast because I want to get a bag real quick. You know, I'm also fasting because I just want to show God, like, listen, I this is how serious I am about you. This is yeah. how much I want to let you know that I'm not about to play about my father. So I'm not always fasting in expectation of I need a million dollars tomorrow. I need this. It's like sometimes I might be fasting for somebody else. I don't know. But I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it consistently and make it be a part of my lifestyle.
0: Mm -hmm. I love that because it sounds like fasting is a discipline and not simply something that you use out of desperation, which is exactly what it needs to be. It's Mm -hmm. a discipline in a way that we continue to exercise our faith. To make sure that we're constantly able to hear from God, I have enjoyed this so so much, thank Raven. You. Thank you so much. Can you tell the people where they can connect with you and follow you and all of the things? Um, because I know, child, that they
1: <laughs> blessed. I was blessed. Okay, I love you. Yes, it. this has been so good. Thank you so much for having me um my main page with all my ministry stuff is supernaturally paid on instagram so make sure that y'all go and um check me out on there um that has all the links my website is godpaysme.info that's going to link you to the podcast that you want you can listen to also some free resources um that i have available for christians like pretty much every single thing that you need is there um, but yeah, I'm excited to connect with y'all. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure that y'all rate the podcast and show Dr. Charlotte some love because baby y'all got to rate it. Don't be just DMing us like, oh my God, that really blessed me. Come on. Tell me with the stars. Okay. Come on. Give, give my sis podcast the five stars and make sure that you leave your review because we need other people to hear messages like this, you know? Yeah podcasts are so flooded with people practicing new age things and yeah. all kind of stuff. Like we need to bring the truth to the forefront. So do not X out of this without rating it and leaving my sis a comment.
0: Girl, I love you. Come Don't on. on <laughs> Pull up All right, y'all. That is it for this week's episode. I pray that y'all really enjoyed it and continue to love God, love people and love yourselves. And I will talk to y'all later.